But there's some things I want to go over tonight. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Revelation. We've been speaking uh, all year on discipleship, especially in the area of discipleship um, and following the voice of the Lord. And uh, we started off about heeding wisdom and it's turned into knowing the voice of God and following the voice of God. And so thank God, even when we are ignorant like animals, his presence is with us. But it doesn't mean we have to stay there. So now we'll continue the next point. Amen. Aren't you glad he can give us more and more light? And so he wants to give us some revelation and knowledge. And in Revelations uh, chapter uh, 2, I want to show you something here. Revelation chapter 2. We'll be getting more and more into these on Sunday night when we see about the end time church. But it talks about how the church is doing so great and all the good things about the church. But in verse 4 it says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And he goes on to say different things about hearing what the, what the who has to speak to the church, what the Spirit. Amen. Are you all there? Revelations chapter 3. Okay, what the Spirit has to do with the church. And as I was praying this afternoon, I felt the Lord was taking me, as He's been doing these last few weeks, in different directions. It's important that we learn to go, to take a hold of wisdom. And every time it said, hear instruction, my son, hear instruction, heed wisdom, hear the Word of the Lord, hear the Spirit of God is talking. We have to be careful that we're all, when we lose our first love, it's because we stop being dependent upon God. When we start growing independent and it's like, God, everything's going good now, so I don't need you right now. That is when we start getting in a very, very dangerous area. And that's when we start acting like senseless animals, as we read in Psalm 73. And so it's so important that we keep the passion for our Savior, the passion for His Word, the passion for His Spirit. And, and to uh, have, uh, have a uh, submissive attitude. Write that word down. That's what I'm going to be talking about tonight is having a submissive, meek attitude so we can hear the voice of God. Being submissive to God. You know, there's one thing I've heard all my life. Why should, you know, some people say God doesn't speak to me very much. Well, why should God speak to you again when you haven't listened and, and obeyed the last time? Amen, Amen church. Amen. And so what we're learning here is to have a submissive attitude. I can speak easily to my kids when they have a submissive attitude. But when they have a know-it-all attitude, it's not a very good atmosphere. Because they're not going to win, but it may take a while for me to win. But if we learn to have a submissive attitude to God and be dependent upon Him, then we have a hold of that first love. When we have the attitude of, Lord, I need you. I'm totally dependent upon you. And you know, one of the things the Bible says, God has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. Have you ever wondered, how did I get here? How did I get in this mess that I'm in? How, why is, are these crazy things happening to me? You know, sometimes we get in a predicament so that we can go back to our first love and get dependent and submissive to God all over again. And so sometimes God will use foolish things to show us we're not as wise and independent as we think we are. How about right now? we got two Americans in a North Korean jail facing 12 years of hard labor. Are we as great as we say we are? 
All these different things that's going on. And so he says, I'm going to teach you to humble yourself. Either you humble yourself or I will humble you. And so we've got to learn to have a submissive attitude. And we see this in the book of, book of Deuteronomy. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He's warning the Israelites of something. And, and I believe it's something that I believe he, he wants to warn us about. Romans, I mean, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, I want to go ahead and start from verse 1. And just listen to what the Spirit of God is saying through His words here. Be careful. Be careful to obey. Say that with me. This is the Living Bible. Be careful to obey. Say that word with me. Careful. Careful. Obedience. Obedience. Careful. Careful. Obedience. Obedience. And you know, it says that all through the Word of God, to have careful obedience, all my commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. You will enter and occupy as the Lord your God swore to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you obey his commands. Are you submitted? Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna and a food previously not known to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus repeated that. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't blister and swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Verse 6. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land flowing with streams and pools of water, with fountain and springs that gush out of the valleys and the hills. It's land of wheat and barley, grapevines, fig trees. He tells them all the wonderful things. Verse 11. But that is the, when you, it says, but when you have all of these things, look at verse 11, but that is the time to be careful. Be aware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees I'm giving you today. He's saying, it's so easy that when you have everything you need and everything's going good and you couldn't be happier, that's when it's easy to disobey. That's when it's easy to get out of dependent upon the shepherd. That's when it's easy to become independent. Look at verse 12. For when you have become full and prosperous and you have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold are multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescues you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Don't ever forget where you were when you got Christ. Don't forget, it's all because of Him. You are who you are. Do not forget that He led you, led you through the great terrifying wilderness and His poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you from manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this that you will never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength 
and energy. Look what I've done. And God is saying, you forgot I'm the one who did it. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. He is the one. In order to fulfill the covenant, He conformed, conformed to, your, to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you this. If you ever forget the Lord your God, if you ever forget the Lord your God, if you ever get out of a submissive attitude, if you ever get prideful out of a meek spirit and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down before them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. I think this is one of the most important messages. How can we call ourselves disciples if we don't walk in obedience? And reading Proverbs and reading the Word that we've been doing all month. And the Lord hasn't allowed me to teach on Proverbs. He keeps leading me to the student and the teacher. And once again, we hear from our the teacher. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us and to, to warn us. And he, he says, I want to teach you how to be successful, but be careful that you stay in a quiet and a meek spirit. And we'll learn get the Scripture where Jesus said in the book of Matthew, Learn of me a meek and a humble spirit. And who was more obedient and sensitive to the voice and the leading of the Father than Jesus? Being equal. He didn't consider himself equal, but he submitted to the Father and he spoke what he heard the Father speak. He listened to what the Father heard, had to say and he followed what the Father did. And so this is what the Word of God, all through the Word of God teaches us to be careful and to take heed to the Word of God. I heard today, about a pastor. He belonged to a denominational church around here, um, about an hour away. And the church voted him out because he was praying with non-denominational people early in the morning. Well, they kicked him out, voted him out, and he committed suicide. And, and, and you know, you, you hear about these different things that's going on and how the enemy tries to use men to control men we have to test the spirits. I read to you last Wednesday night in First John. Test and try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. And these are more and more wicked days. I mean, you heard about the man going into the Holocaust Museum and opening fire today and killing that 39-year-old man who might have, his family might have lost him today. And all he was doing was his job, guarding the, the Holocaust Museum. These are days where we find ourselves that we have to become so submissive to God that if the Spirit of God says, I don't want you going to work today. And those who didn't go to work on 9-11, their lives were spared. I don't want you getting on that airplane. I don't want you getting on that inner pass. That lady who got thrown from her vehicle, Brother Marvin saw it. What if the Spirit of God would have been telling somebody, uh, things can be so close. We have to be close to God so that the things in this end times don't get too close to us. Don't take that street. Go, don't go down that corner. Don't go to that Walmart. Don't go here. Take heed. Learn to be sensitive and submissive to the will of God. Well, I don't understand it, God. Why are you telling me to do this? Just be meek and obedient and sensitive and willing to turn where I say turn. Go speak. Who I tell her, go to speak to. Because these are times where we have to grow more in the area of sensitivity to the things of God and less sensitive to the things of this world. Submission to the Lordship of the Lord.
I want to read a few things to you here. Uh, look with me in the book of Acts. I shared this with my leadership in Argentina before I left. And, and I pulled out these old notes there in Spanish, but I want, to, I want to give them to you about the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit to go along with this message tonight. A submissive attitude. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Verse 17. Let's just go right straight to verse 22. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now I am bound by the Spirit. Say that with me. Bound by the Spirit. He was what? Bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering is ahead. But look at the submissive attitude. But my life, whoa. Say that with me. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to the finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I walk in obedience. There's the submissive attitude. He was able to be bound by the Spirit. He was able to be controlled by the Holy Spirit because he had a meek and he had a submissive attitude to the Holy Spirit of God. And that is something so important. We've got to take heed. Listen, it's not just the fivefold ministry. It's just not the pastor or the leadership that has to learn the voice of God. He says, my sheep. I've read that to you two weeks in a row. My sheep. John 10, 1. My sheep. Know my voice. Not just my shepherds, not just my pastors, not just my evangelists. My sheep know my voice. And we're seeing here that Paul says, my life, I'm totally submitted. My life means nothing to me. Unless I walk in obedience to God, it doesn't matter what might be going around in the natural realm. As long as I know I am bound by the Spirit and I am listening to what the Spirit of God is telling me, then I know I will fulfill what God has called me to do on this life. Amen. Now, let's look at a few scriptures here. Matthew chapter, I mean, Acts chapter 8. Let's look at a few scriptures here in the book of Acts with the early church being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Do you know, when we learn, listen church, when we learn to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, nobody, no devil, no circumstance is going to be able to control you if you're already being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. How did this happen to me? Well, maybe I wasn't being controlled by the right spirit. Maybe I was controlling what I need to have let him be controlling. And I want you to see these scriptures here. In Acts chapter 8, verse 27. So he arose and went. Well, look at verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. He arose and went. He obeyed. He obeyed. And behold, a man, an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a, a great authority under 
Candidus, the queen of Ethiopia, who had, who had charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Look at verse 30, 29. Then the Spirit, who? The Spirit said to Philip, Go near! Go over there by him! Go, go on over there and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran, there's obedience again, ran to him and heard him reading the prophet of Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, no, I can't be led and so forth and so on. And you know the story. And then he baptized him. And then it goes on to say farther down in a verse 39 that the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, translated him. Just all of a sudden, he pulled the man out of the water and then all of a sudden he's walking in another city. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the power of God. But there would have been, a lot of people say, I've heard missionaries even say, I would love to be translated so I wouldn't have to drive these long roads and I wouldn't have to ride these buses. Philip was translated because he had been obedient in the little things before the awesome translation, translating power of the Holy Spirit. He was obedient to these things. Run over there to this one person. Do what the Spirit of God is telling you. Now look with me in chapter 10, verse 19. Acts chapter 10, verse 19. Help us, Holy Spirit. We desire to hear from you. Now, the Holy Spirit gave Peter a dream. And now, this, after the vision, the Spirit's getting ready to speak to him. Acts chapter 10, verse 19. While Peter thought about the vision, and this is important because this is one of the keys I want to talk to you about tonight. Learning to hear from the Spirit of God, having a submissive attitude. You may be thinking about something and it keeps coming back to your mind. Don't be in such a hurry to try to keep ignoring the thought that keeps coming back because it may be one of the ways that the Spirit of God is trying to speak to you. Amen, church. Why don't God ever speak to me? Because you're such a jumping bean from one thought to the other. As he pondered on the vision. As he pondered on the scripture. As he pondered, there's something. God, you're trying to tell me something. So-and-so's face keeps coming to my mind. This portion of scripture kept coming to my mind. I finally wrote it down after the eighth time. And so now since I wrote it, somebody's been there. So now since I wrote it for the eighth time, now I keep seeing so-and-so's face. Well, if you would have kept putting off writing the name down, I mean the scripture down, he never would have showed you the face that the scripture goes with. Are you hearing this, church? I know you're thinking, this is so basic. Oh, no, this is just so wonderful. This is something we got to get a hold of. As he was meditating on the vision, as he was just pondering and letting go on and on in his heart. Look what happened. The Spirit said to him, Who? Capital S, the Holy Ghost, said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Woo! Isn't it good to hear from the Spirit of God? Doubting nothing. Well, you know, I, I, let's just hope we're hearing from God. Then you just sit still till you do. Because when you hear from God, you won't doubt what He's telling you to do. 
Doubting nothing. I, the Spirit of God, I, the knower of all things and wisdom, Spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, I am speaking to you. Arise, go. Don't doubt anything. It is I that's speaking to you. And that's what we see here in Acts. Look at chapter 11. Go over one chapter. Chapter 11, verse 7. Verse 7. You can see here in verse 4, this is the Living Bible. It says, I was in the town of Joppa. This is verse 5, I'm sorry. And he said, and while I was praying, I went into a trance. While I was praying, as I was in the presence of God, I was in a trance and I saw a vision. And he told about the vision. And and it says in verse 7, and I heard a voice. Somebody say, I heard a voice. voice. Oh, I felt goosebumps there. Mm. I heard a voice say, get up. Billy, get up, Bobby. Get up, Denise. Get up, John. Get up, Lee. Kill and eat. No, Lord, I replied, I have not eaten anything. And he wanted to argue. The Spirit of God was speaking to him. Verse 9, but the voice, but the voice, but the voice, but the voice, (laughs) but the voice from heaven, but the voice from heaven spoke again. Hallelujah. But the voice of heaven spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. And then look at verse 12. The Holy Spirit told me. The Holy Spirit told me to go with them and do not worry that they were Gentiles. The Holy Spirit. Do you see all the different examples I'm giving here tonight about the Holy Spirit told me? Now, if we were independent and we were saying, Now, Lord, I'm going to put out a fleece. You know, fleeces are okay for Gideon. But you and I don't need fleeces. We've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. Don't you be praying, Lord, if it's your will, that I want to rob and sing on top of my mailbox tomorrow morning when I get up. You don't have to walk that way. You can learn to walk in a submissive attitude towards the voice from heaven, the Holy Spirit that abides within you. So we don't have to live our life, you know, putting out fleeces. Lord, no, no, no. He will confirm His Word, His prophetic Word with the Word. You get a Word from somebody, He'll confirm it with the Word. He'll confirm it with your spirit. He'll confirm it over time. But we need to learn to be submissive and not be in such a hurry to move uh, on, on impressions or feelings, but move by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another example. Chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, Lucas, uh, and so forth and so on, and Saul. Verse 2. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. Does your Bible say that? Do you believe the Holy Spirit is still here? Do you believe the Holy Spirit still speaks? Do you still believe that the Holy Spirit is still in control? Jesus said, I'm going away to send another comforter, a leader, a teacher, a guide. I'm going to send him. And it says here, and the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them away. Look here, verse 4. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by who? By the Holy Spirit. Who was in control? 
Who was guiding? Who was leading? And who was obeying? Paul and Barnabas. Amen. Gotcha. Chapter 16, verse 6. Chapter 16, verse 6. No, the voice of God has saved our life. The voice of God has saved your marriage. The voice of God will show you how to prosper in the end times. The voice of God will protect you, heal you. It says in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of uh, Texas and Louisiana. Because the Holy... Listen now. Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the Word in Mississippi. Now, I'm just using this as a... Hey, <laughs> I'm just using this as a simple example. But that's what God would do today. I don't want you preaching in Texas. I don't want you preaching in Nevada. I want you preaching in Louisiana. I want you preaching in Mexico. It says the Holy Spirit prevented us. So not only does the Holy Spirit guide and lead and direct, He'll also prevent you, stop you. Get married the next day. And the Holy Spirit's been trying to tell you, no, don't do that. Oh, but God, she meets all my list and my criteria. Oh, that's the woman I dreamed about. I wrote about her. And God says, but that ain't the woman that I got for you. Well, God, I'm going to marry her anyway. Holy Spirit tried stopping you. Now you're in counseling and on pain pills. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Holy Spirit will stop you. Holy Spirit will warn you. The Holy Spirit will direct you. Holy Spirit loves you. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12. Well, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, aren't you glad discipleship Wednesday nights are for the grown-ups? When I grew up, I put away childish things. Verse 12. Now we see things imperfectly as a cloudy mirror, but then we will see everything perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. There's a submissive attitude. There's a submissive attitude. Now, Father, I'll come before you. Everything that I know right now, even things I may be praying, things I may be making a decision on, things I might be doing, I understand and I know that I only see things cloudy. I, I only have partial knowledge. I don't have all the knowledge of this, but I know you do. So I humble myself to you, Holy Spirit. And I ask you right now, right now, that everything I know now is partial and complete. But then I will know everything completely, just as you Know me completely. Amen, Amen church. Amen. You hear through these, these men of God, they, they, they had a submissive attitude. They wanted to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And we want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit too. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, Deuteronomy 29, 29, just write this down. But Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to God. But the things that are revealed belong to us. And the Spirit of God will want to reveal some things to you. Proverbs 25, 2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, 
but it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. And thank God the Spirit of God can lead us and show us these things. Amos 3.7, God will not do anything without first revealing it to His prophets and to His Son. So we see here that Paul is talking about, his. my life is not mine, my life is God's. Amen. So let me give you a few pointers here. For one thing, like I shared with you already, learn to pray over what you're feeling. Write that down. How do I learn to be led by the Holy Spirit? Pray over what you're feeling. There's been times I have been wrong about what I was feeling, but it brought my attention to something that God wanted to speak to me. And so pray over what you're feeling. Pray over what you're sensing. Some things may be a warning sign. Careful in submitting to another thing. Be careful in submitting to uh, human authority. And that, of course, is practicing uh, uh, unlawful deeds. Somebody wants you to break the law. A boss. He says, I'm going to fire you if you don't do that. Well, then I'm going to believe the Holy Spirit's going to lead me to a new job. Don't submit to human authority when it comes to breaking the law. But then we can bring this also into the marriage. You don't have to submit to something that you feel is ungodly. If we're going to learn to be sensitive and submission, submissive to the Holy Spirit, we've got to understand what we've got to open our heart and souls to be submissive to. And so a lot of times in our, norm, in our everyday lives, we have to be careful that what we're submitting to is God is, and is not violating the Scripture or the law. So there's areas in our lives of intimacy and marriage we have to be careful. Careers. We've got a teacher right here. We may have a few. We've got another teacher. They may come to you and they may want you to teach something that is against your conviction. Well, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit how to handle that. But one thing you will never do is violate the word of God. Whatever it costs. Paul says, my life is not mine to please. So whatever it costs, I am not going to violate scripture to obey my authorities. That's not a non-submissive attitude. I'm first submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I'm submitted to my boss. But I will not violate my relationship with Jesus to submit to man. Amen? To get a promotion, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But it's against your conscience. Listen to your conscience. The Spirit is accurate and He's a discerner of the intentions of the heart. So we want to go with the Spirit of God. Look with me in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. I like it here in the Living Bible. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your interests, but take interest in the others too talks about a submissive attitude, open heart. That word look means as a goal to give attention to. Uh, letting the word be in a controlling factor of my life. You know, a, a lot of times when we start developing an ear to hear the voice of the Lord, it's going to be when God is wanting to speak to us. Not A lot of times we're selfish. I want a word for me. We're getting ready to have the prophet Chuck put Pierce here. And I'm like you. I, I'm all going to be sitting up straight when he starts prophesying. We all want a word for me. But you know what's awesome? is when we get a heart to get a word for others. And this church would go to a whole new level with this discipleship group here tonight. Start not to be selfish about it. I always want to hear about me and about my decisions and what I need to do. Lord, I want to hear 
a word to give, a positive edifying word to give to somebody in the church. And God can help you start hearing the voice of God with others positively before He starts speaking to you about yourself. I'll give you a good example. What did God tell Elijah? I want you to go by the brook Cherith, for I have commanded. Say that word with me, commanded. I have commanded the ravens to sustain you there. Now that's being led by the Spirit of God. Don't you know that went beyond his natural thinking? The dirty bird, raven was considered a dirty bird, just like the vision of Peter had dirty birds in it. But God says, I'm going to use what you consider filth to provide your needs. Because I'm going to show you, I'll use what I want to use to do what I want to do to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And you're not going to tell me what's presentable and what's not. I'm going to blow you away. And he said, Elijah, I want you to go by the brook Cherith because I've commanded the ravens to sustain you there. He obeyed. Guess what happened after two and a half years when the brook dried up? The Spirit of God came upon him and said, go, go to Zephyrath, Jezebel's hometown. Jezebel, that dirty Jezebel. Go to her hometown, Zephyrath, because I've commanded. Say commanded. commanded. There it is again. I commanded a widow woman to sustain you. Nothing makes sense. But if you commanded it, and I know you're God, I'm obeying you no matter what this tells me. I'm obeying what you are telling me on the inside. That's a submissive attitude. Not to argue with God, but to be, be ready to respond when He speaks. Amen. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Are you getting something out of this? Amen. Is it okay? that I, I know you know all this, but can I just remind you of this? You know, the Bible says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many know He's talking about supernatural supply? Right. Ravens bringing meat twice a day and bread twice a day. How many know that was supernatural supply? The widow. Elijah went over there and the widow says, I don't have enough for me. I'm going to feed me and my kids and we're going to die. Uh-uh, feed me first. And that'll bring supernatural supply because God's commanded you and it's not based upon what you don't have or what you do have. It's a commandment. So you just use that little bit of oil and flour you have and God will bring His super to your natural. When we open up to the supernatural power of God by obeying His voice, that's when we'll start seeing the superabundance of God manifesting in a new way when we start walking in obedience and listening and hearing. That's why this is so important. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. He commanded the ravens. He commanded the widow. Now it says He sustains everything by His command. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. I read this to you Sunday night, I believe. So we must listen. Look, this is the Living Bible. I've been reading the Living Bible. Chapter 2, verse 1 of Hebrews. Look what it says. So we must listen very carefully. Say that with me. We must listen very carefully. Say it again. We must listen very carefully. Look at your neighbor and now shout. We must listen. Listen. Very carefully. You know, I remember, and I remember... Uh, I always loved science. I remember my science teacher in second grade. He told us what happened to him in college. 
When he was in college, the teacher was teaching and the students were sleeping. And he says, I want everybody to stand in line. And he pulled out a dead lab rat and put it on the table. He says, I want everybody to stand in line. I want you to come by and I want you to rub your finger on it. Then I want you to lick your finger. They all came by, rubbed the rat, licked their finger. Went sat down. He says, you didn't do it right. I said, rub the rat and lick the finger. Rub the rat with this finger and lick this finger. But you weren't paying attention. So, you know, they didn't have to lick a rat if they'd have been listening. We wouldn't be humiliated many times in our life if we learn to listen very carefully. Amen? So this is what it's saying here. So we must listen very carefully to the truth. We have heard or we may drift away from it. Wow. That's something. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord, we have ears to hear. Ears to hear. Ears to hear in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, we have the the ears to hear and the tongue of the learned. Amen. How many have the mind of Christ? Whoa, hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. We're learning. We're learning. Don't get down. Don't, don't get depressed if, if, if you feel like you haven't gotten to a certain point in your life. We're getting there. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits. Woo! Set your sights. Set your sights. Set your sights. Set your sights. Now listen, I took my boys target practicing uh, at the uh, target place of the, uh, the uh, shooting range. I took my boys to the shooting range Saturday. And we brought our machine gun and we brought the Russian rifle and brought my pistols. And we went over there and we went put those targets out there. And you know what? It's the first time I've shot in years. My sight was off. But as we kept trying and we kept shooting and we'd go and see we're too much to the right, too high on the left, too much this and that and the other, put a new target up, I started setting my sight. I started setting my sight. I started setting my sight. And the last target is the one I brought home to show her. (laughs) How good I got. I got my M14 and I started getting that. But you know what? At first... I didn't show her the first three. That <laughs> that was an embarrassment. But as I kept practicing and I kept seeing, I missed it here. I'm sorry about that, God, but I want to try again. I missed it there. I was too quick. I didn't obey. I missed it, Lord. I'm sorry I missed it. But I thank you that you forgive me. And I got ears to hear. Quicken to my spirit. Set your sights. I love this. Colossians 3.1. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of, in a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Why don't I hear from God? How much of the time are you thinking about the things of earth and how much time are we thinking about the things of heaven? Here it is in the Word. Amen, church. Here it is in the heaven. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you are dead to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Now look at me in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans 1 verse 16. 
Boy, it's good to hear those pages turn. Thank you for bringing your Bible. Romans 1, 16. Here's the submissive attitude once again. Uh Uh-huh, verse 16. Romans 1, verse 16. I know you know this scripture. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, if you take your notes, how do I get to a point where I can hear the voice of God? How proud and how hungry are you of the gospel? Are you ashamed of the gospel that you can't even speak it in front of man? Then God's not going to speak it away from man. He says, if you deny me for man, if you deny what I'm telling you before man, I'm going to deny telling you what you want to hear away from man. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I live by this gospel. I praise God for this gospel. Why? Because this gospel is the power of God unto healing. It's the power of God for deliverance. It's the power of God for guidance. It's the power of God for meeting my needs. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Shout out, I'm a believer. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, when you have that attitude and we're meditating on the things of heaven more than we're meditating on the earth and we're setting our sights on the gospel, we're setting our sights on the word of God. And and in Joshua chapter 1, we're meditating and setting our sights on the word of God day and night, day and night. He says, I'll guide and I'll lead you and I'll make your steps, steps prosperous. Everywhere that your feet go, you will tread. There is something about heeding and having a submissive attitude. There is something... In this word that God is wanting to speak to me. There is something that God is wanting to tell me. There are people who should be here tonight that God is wanting to tell them something through this message. But they didn't hear from the Spirit of God to come to church. I say it all the time and I am exempt from guilt before God as shepherd of this church. I say all the time, don't go by your feelings about missing church. You may be as tired as can be. But if God is telling you to be here, you need to be here. Learn to obey God in the simple little things and He will give you more hearing to hear once you set your sights on the things of God. Amen. Paul could hear from God. Peter could hear from God because their life was useless to themselves. It was all about Jesus. Amen. Now, Psalms 112. Now, I'll finish here for tonight. Psalms 112. We're going to study the life of Christ in the era of submission, but we'll see that later. Psalms 112. I love Psalms 112. It's one of my favorite. Praise the Lord. This is the Living Bible. Psalms 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. It's a joy. Their children will be successful everywhere and an entire generation of godly people will be blessed. And they themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously, conduct their businesses fairly. Uh, But this is what I want you to look at here. Verse 7. They do not fear bad news. They're not moved by what they hear. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. 
Listen, verse 8. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They are confident and fearless. Verse 9. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. But let me read uh, verse 7 in the King James. It says, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Look at this. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And verse 8, His heart is established. Say that with me. His heart is steadfast. His heart is established. Fixed. You see, when my heart is fixed that I can trust God, it's easier for me to hear what God is trying to tell me. It's easier for me to hear and listen and understand what God is telling me when my heart is fixed on Him. Let me confirm this with you. Look with me, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And I'll go ahead and stop right here. Isaiah 55, verse 7. Isaiah 57, 55, Isaiah 55, verse 7. This is the living. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord, turn to the Lord, set their sights that they may have, that he may have mercy on them. Yes, Turn to our God and He will forgive generously. Verse 8. You know this verse. My thoughts, I love the living here. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord's. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth and my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Verse 11 says, It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. And it will accomplish all I want it to do. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Verse 12 now, look what happens here. You will live in joy and peace. King James says, you will go out or you will be led with joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song. The trees of the fields will clap their hands. Where once there was thorns or the curse, the blessing will sprout. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name and there will be an everlasting sign of His power and of His love. Woo! Hallelujah for the Word of God. When we set our sights on God and we're meditating on His Word and we're desiring to hear His voice and we're turning to God and we're not, and we're change, exchanging our thoughts for His thoughts and our ways for His ways, then we start getting into that channel where it starts easy to start flowing with God, to start hearing God, to start moving with God, to have God start moving with us. It opens up for that supernatural supply. It opens up for to be led with joy and peace. You know, I don't know why I, 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 everything don't work out for me. Well, here's your message. To be led forth with joy and peace. 
Set your sights upon God. Set your sights upon the Lord of Lords who sits, stands on the right hand of the Father. Set your sights on Him who is the eternal God. Set your sights upon the things that you cannot comprehend with your mind, but you know that He is going to guide and lead you into the things you cannot see. Lean not to Proverbs chapter 3. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Then He'll lead you forth with peace. Amen. Hallelujah. This is for you. This promise is for you. Thank God we are not born again to live in the dark. Go ahead and stand up.